everybody, this is Chad Jordan. I'm the Director of Marketing uh, for Digital Services here at Sport Clips, and welcome to another edition of the Sport Clips Hall of Fame podcast. Uh, excited today because I have with me here... Julie Vargas, Senior Director of Career Opportunities here at Sport Clips. Uh, really stoked about this interview. Uh, when you see the picture for this podcast, you're going to see we're at a long table. And that's because whenever I come to Texas, I have to do Whataburger for lunch. And so I've had, uh, I got Whataburger breath going on. In fact, you could probably pick it up from the podcast, whatever you're listening to this on, whether it's your iPhone or through your car. Um, so I apologize to Julie that, uh, you know, that's what's happening in this room. So she's sitting as far away from me as possible today. But we're going to have a good time. I'm really excited uh, about Julie uh, being here with us. So, Julie, first of all, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, what we're going to do today, uh, for those of you that don't know, a uh, little-known fact about, well, maybe it's a really well-known fact at this point, that Julie was the first-ever Sport Clips manager uh, at TX101, I assume, is That's the correct. store number. TX101. So, since she has seen it all, literally, here at Sport Clips, I thought it'd be fun for us to jump into a DeLorean and go into a time machine and go back 25 years to get her reflections on her career at Sport Clips, what she's seen, uh, the, the, the highs and, and some of the challenges, some of the lows kind of, and how, they, how she and the, the brand have navigated through that. So, so first of all, uh, Julie, how, take me back 25 years ago. It's 1993. Mm -hmm. You were 10 years old at the time. Right. I don't know how Gordon got around the labor laws, but <laughs> so you, you got hired. Um, take me right before you get hired at Sport Clips. What, what are you doing? You're, are you a mom? Are you married? Are you a teenager? What's going on? So I um, had just had my first child in March of 93. Wow. And, um, you know, I always say that a higher power played a part in me finding sport clips, but um, I was at the time pretty happy at my uh, place of employment, but went to a manager's meeting and um, had n a not so enjoyable experience when the owner basically told all the managers that they were replaceable because I was managing at the time uh, one of the top salons in the area. And he basically said to every manager in there that, don't think you guys aren't replaceable. Um, and he wasn't happy with the results and made it very well known. What, was recruiting and retention not an issue back in uh, the early 90s or? Either he wasn't that yeah. or he was not very rehearsed uh, in the okay. best practices. <laughs> so you had a pain point. You had, you were you're, you're kind of uh, not unhappy necessarily, but put on notice that you weren't really respected and, and, and valued. And so what, what do, you, do you see a, uh, a, a job offer in a newspaper? Um, you know, back in 19, they had newspaper in 93. They, they still had newspapers back then. Yes. Uh, is that, and you answer an ad or, or take me through that? So actually, um, at the time, I happened to look over to one of my coworkers and said something about, wow, I, man, I don't know that I want to stay here. And she says to me, just randomly, that there was this new company coming to town called Sport Clips. And whoa, whoa, whoa. did she say sport she clips or sports? Sport, she probably said sports yeah, clips, yeah. Okay. to be quite okay. honest. Okay. She probably said sports clips. And um, she said, you should check it out. So I got the information from her because I wasn't looking and um, called up and made an interview and 
got there. And funny enough, when I interviewed um, Karen Haney, for those of you who are been around long, yeah, please let's give remember. shout outs to yes. yeah, way back. I mean, we're Karen in the time Haney, machine right now. So who is uh, uh, was a mentor and a really good friend to me, and God rest her soul, is no longer with us, but um, certainly was very interested in me, and I immediately hit it off with her and she calls Gordon because there was one slight problem. They were not going to pay me as much as I was Uh, making. uh, That is a problem. So I immediately asked for more money and Gordon laughs and kids about it to this day that, you know, well, we had to pay her more money, Uh but you know, I had to feed some, my baby. So, um, he made the change and I got hired. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and you were hired on as the manager. I was. So so the very first store, are you then, were you responsible for hiring team members at that point? or? So just like it is with any new store, it's a process of learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who remember Karen, uh, she very much liked to be a part of everything and in control of everything. So it was something that she did with me. But um, over time, I did take that over. However, we had we had a very healthy team of about 10 team members at that time. Wow. And a great team that stayed on board for quite some time. And a really sharp-looking professional group of people that did really well. And um, you were not a concept yet in terms of a brand, right? It was exactly. just a single location. Yep. So... At, at that time where they're already rumblings and talking, it's like, wow, this this could be a fit and we could see this kind of blowing up. Or is it, were you just thinking this is a different concept, but we're just going to be involved and change jobs? Yeah. You know, it really took us about two years to get the store up to where we, we really wanted it to be. Um, but we did a lot of marketing. Mm-hmm. We, we really laid the 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 kind of the ground rules, if you will, for local store marketing. What, what were you doing out there. Oh, at my the time. gosh. Lots of footwork. Uh-huh. <laughs> we were um, really approaching a lot of companies and, and you know, giving uh, free haircuts to their employees. And just is, is the MVP part of Sport Clips 25 years so ago? So it was not called the MVP at okay. the time. Now you're really testing uh, right, my memory right. here. Um, By the way, she did not get prepped on these questions. No, so this is no. like a live firing. I, I think we, we at that time still called it the T3 experience okay. because it was a, something that we adopted from the Paul Mitchell uh, uh-huh. systems. And so for those of you that were have been around long enough to remember, the T3 experience was uh, very similar to what we have today. Um, however, there were a few things that were different. Number one, they used kind of a claw for the massage. So you held it with your hand and it was a thing with little balls on it. And um, we changed that. And, and also they used tea tree oil on their towels. And we, you know, from day one have used the, the hair and body moisturizer. That sounds messier. Was, yeah, it was. Well, me- yeah. well it cost effective. Yeah, I was, was going to say it gets wasted e- more easily. Yeah. And okay. It's pretty potent too. Yeah. Yeah. Knock you out yeah, when, yeah. once you get around yeah. it. Uh, so, uh, highlights from the first day, week, month, year of opening the sport clips. Well, I would have to say the biggest highlight was that first of all, Gordon wasn't there for the opening. Mm-hmm. So he was actually at John Paul DeJoria's wedding. And well, that is a great excuse. Yeah, you know, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I guess it does make sense yeah. that he would choose to go there. Yeah. Um, but I was scheduled to close on opening day. So I was scheduled to come in at 10 o'clock. 
Well, Karen Haney was opening and she walked into a store that was completely flooded and oh had about gosh. a foot of water standing in the store. So had, had somebody left uh, water uh, running yeah, the night so before. The plumbers and, like, soft op- oh. the night before had um, left a valve open or something oh, open that wasn't supposed to be open and running. And um, unfortunately, at that point, we were in a, a uh, shopping center that that was kind of bi-level as it yeah. moved down. And so below us next door was a beautiful dance studio with all, wood, oh, oh. you know, beautiful uh, hardwood Past floors. tense, there was yeah. a dance floor and with they beautiful were, floors. We made enemies really fast. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> d- what do you do? You get rid of that water and open yeah. a couple days later? Or? No, believe it or not, we called in the company. They, they you know, sucked up all the water and pulled away anything that had any water damage to, and put dryers around. But we opened the store and we're operating by noon. Wow. Uh, you um, mentioned T3 is what the MVP yeah. used to be called. Yeah. I imagine there wasn't a five-point play. Right. Uh, what, Actually, what there was, was a five-point okay. play. Okay, all right. Tell the me about it. The five-point play has always been in existence. All right. Um, what we did is over time have just perfected it. So Gordon with his uh, previous uh, uh, work, or um, not work, what is it? Um, his command experience. performance. His, yeah. his yeah, The company yeah. he was working with in the past as yeah. a franchisee. Um, they had a seven-point system. Okay. So we took that and really revised it to work for sport clips and um, perfected it over the years. His mathematical mind said, you know, seven's too many. Seven's yeah, way too we many. Can't, yep. you know, we gotta, we, we only have five easy. fingers on one hand, so we got we got to remember this. we got to uh, simplify this for the man. What, uh, what else uh, in terms of what we saw in 1993, maybe in the store or in the system, have you seen an evolution for the better? Uh, what, what are some things that maybe, you know, through the school of hard knocks you had to learn that you needed to change? Yeah. Well, one thing that, that, um, surprisingly most people don't realize is that our mission statement initially Hmm. was a little bit different and much wordier. Longer. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we did do over time, because it's so important that people internal memorize it and internalize it is that we shortened that up Mm -hmm. and made it more direct and complete, you know, as to what our focus is. Whereas before it was very, very wordy, um, still had the same meaning, but very wordy. So that, that changed over time. The values have stayed the same. Hmm. Um, they always have been, and, and that that's good. The things that you've really seen over time change is is really just uh, more than anything, kind of the logistics of of what's in the store, um, the tools and resources that we use. Our training, you know, has continued to evolve, and um, we've we've definitely kept it relevant because the changes that you need to have over time, plus your tools and and tricks and and tips continue to uh, change over time too one thing about our industry is it's constantly changing Mm -hmm. and the techniques are always getting better and easier and uh, more efficient so we've had to make those changes over time and the focus in 93 was still men and boys right i mean it It was it was you know we've never moved away from the focus of our target market which is that niche of men and boys and back then it was a huge niche because no one really was focused on that Right. Everybody was, it was a women's salon. If you were a guy, you yep. had to go to a barbershop. And people thought Your dad's it was so cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, 
over the years, people have tried to duplicate and, you know, in, intimidate. And so in the store, the screens are now uh, flatter and bigger, much bigger than they were in 1993. The chairs more comfortable, I imagine. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, what, what's happened is over time, we've, we've had better um, vendors that we've worked mm-hmm. with that are better quality. You know, some of the chairs we had initially didn't last very long. And um, over time, you just your buying power gets better, and you're able to be more efficient in what you buy and get better quality. You, you mentioned two years is about when it started to click and think, wait, this is something that uh, – is that about how long it took before the next one opened? Or Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And That's when we decided we were ready to start franchising. We oh, thought okay. we had all the kinks ironed out. All right. We thought we were ready and had a proven system that we could go out. And so that discussion had started earlier. Yeah. That oh, yeah. maybe we take this at least across Texas or you know in the Midwest or, and then branch out from there. Yeah. You, you know, what a lot of people don't know is when we first started out, there were two concepts that Gordon started with. He started with a concept hmm. called Planet Diva and Sports Clips. Whoa, 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 whoa. Planet Diva. Planet okay, Diva. Okay, I, I need to know more about yeah, Planet so, Diva. Yeah, so um, there were two different concepts that he wanted to try to see which one he thought, you know, okay. he would move forward He with. wanted it. It was A-B testing, yep, essentially. Yep, A-B testing. Okay. And so he, the uh, Planet Diva was a mall concept. Okay. Heavy retail in front, beautiful build out. It was. It looked like planets. You walked mm-hmm. in and it was a solar system with all the planets on it. And um, lots of retail in front and a small salon in the back. And then the sport clips concept. And so he ran those side by side. Now, did, were there Planet Divas that opened? Or there is this was all a conceptual? Planet Diva okay. along with a sport clips. In the same center? or Nope. Um, the Planet Diva was in Highland Mall. Okay. So it was in a full mall, not a strip mall. In a full mall. And sport clips was in its first location that's now been relocated, mm-hmm. but um, in a strip center. And so he ran those simultaneously, you know, and opened them pretty close together. Yeah. And... Um, it didn't take long to figure out that Sport Clips was going to be the front runner and right. the one that he wanted to go with. So he sold Planet Diva to, believe it or not, Regis Corporation. Oh, wow. Yeah. Neat. So. And did you end up managing additional locations or once uh, the, it started to get populated across the state and all that, you were on the franchising side pretty much? Yeah. Okay. So as as we decided, started opening new locations and additional locations, I was just involved in the setup and the training and, you know, really uh, working with people to get the stores ready to open up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I became a technical coach, then an area coach and really worked with the managers and the team and stuff and then you know eventually the team leaders and area developers as we opened and started developing regionally mm-hmm. how uh, your your oldest daughter was born months before the first sport clips right so how how are you juggling that you eventually had as another girl yes. um, eventually so you had two little girls and you're now managing slash helping you know launch this yeah. brand how Tell me a little bit about that process. So of the 25 years that I've been with Sport Clips, I have probably traveled um, all but eight years, mm-hmm. maybe maybe six. So um, it, it's most of my career has been on the road, and I could not have done it had I not had the support that I did with from my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made a lot of sacrifices, including, you know, giving up his career to some degree. Yeah. Because we we sat down and said, okay, you've got opportunity. I've got opportunity. Who's gonna, you know, where are we gonna go with it? We got two small children. Mm-hmm. Well, at that time we had one because mm-hmm. they're six years apart. And um, 
you know, we really talked long and hard about it, and I absolutely loved my job. His love was not quite as strong for his job, mm-hmm. and, and his potential probably wasn't. And it, at that time, I didn't know what my potential is, but I certainly right. knew it was somewhat endless being with a new company, Yeah. whereas his was not the same thing. Um, and we made the decision that I would be the one that would take the traveling position, and he, you know, took the back seat. And so that's a hard thing to do, especially, you know, in today's world. Sometimes yeah. people think that, you know, the man's got to be the one to be the decision maker and do all that. And, and my husband's very much still involved in all decisions. He just doesn't travel. What's your husband's name? Arnold. Arnold. So he was a visionary. He really. was a visionary. Really, I mean, he saw the yeah. potential here and said, yeah. go for it. And then also for you guys to say, hey, let's wait six years before we have another kid. And then she can be a babysitter and help us, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, with, yeah, that was, that yeah. was brilliant. It wasn't exactly how we planned oh, it, well, but it, it was more it like out. six years came and we're like, oh my gosh, we, we, <laughs> are we going to have another child? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so back to the early days, we're still in the DeLorean. Can you uh, can you recall some of the key traits? You, you already mentioned that you did a lot of marketing, but uh, some of the key traits that made you successful as a manager and then maybe, you know, that you were able to bring to the brand, some of the things that you're proud of. Yeah, you know, I, I've always said that I was surrounded by some great mentors. Gordon has always surrounded himself by really good um, leadership. And so um, Karen Haney, Nancy Vandiver, Mm-hmm. Um, two very, very special people in my life who who shaped me, I think, and really um, did a couple things for me. Well, more than just a couple, but two really big things for me. Jim and Nancy were living here at the time. Jim then. and Nancy okay. were here. Karen, at the, uh, Nancy at that time was uh, VP of op- Operations, or it's h- hard to remember because mm-hmm. their titles had changed yeah. somewhat. I think it was Karen was VP of Education, and Can- Nancy was VP of Operations. But um, and probably wearing even more hats. Than oh, that absolutely! The, yeah. They they were instrumental in laying the groundwork for this company and really making it what it is today. If it hadn't have been for them, we wouldn't be where we wow. were today. And and um, you know, thank goodness. But they they both were such. We used to call them Ethel and Lucy, mm-hmm. and and equally so because they they. I'd love to see Nancy with some chocolate on a yeah. conveyor belt. You know, oh, doing I, the I, whole. Girl, yeah, I, uh-huh. I, I think I've I may have seen her do uh-huh. that. <laughs> The the interesting thing is they were so different in their personalities and their leadership tactics. They both taught me so much about what I wanted to be and what I didn't want to be hmm. and molded me into the person I am today. And um, So was there a lot of constructive criticism going on or they come was. alongside you there at was, kind of a mother-daughter you know, relationship? What One was, was a very nurturing and, and mm-hmm. you know, always reminding you of your worth and and then the other one was just hardcore, uh, you know, hey. Catholic nun, you yeah, know, wrapping you on you the know, knuckles to make love sure. Love you, love you, but here's reality. And, you know, ah, no, don't do it that way, uh, you know, and and really black and white. One was more gray, one was more black and white. And and I think what they did was they, they gave me such a great foundation and an understanding for appreciating both sides of that, that you've got there, there's that happy medium that you have to find so that you can um, be able to relate to people and um, get buy-in from people and help people understand. And so, you know, there were many things that I did as someone that they mentored and taught that today I look at and think, I'm so thankful I went through that mm-hmm. and challenged them in the way that I did because they taught me to be better at what I did. And, and my buy-in is 
out the roof because of what they taught me and, and the reasoning behind it. And I think as a manager when and my leadership skills today, one of the things that I've always kept really near and dear to my heart and used as a tactic is buy-in. You know, when you get buy-in, you get much better results. And um, one of the things I always work with um, our coaches on, our artistic team, our team leaders that are struggling, managers, is that buy-in is key. And there's always a way of going about and doing, uh, going about getting that. And that is helping people understand why and how they benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say that's probably one of the biggest takeaways and things that I've learned over the years is just how to be better at what I do. And is there how to a way to know? when you have buy-in is there is there a, a, a sign or a light yeah. bulb goes on you can see it in their faces i mean typically when you know that you have someone's buy-in it's through their execution okay and it's it's because i have a better understanding that i now execute in a better way because i understand how i benefit from it and why you know we do what we do and the benefits i'm going to get as a result of it and i think that's that's where you start to see the real buy-in so um, can you walk me through, we, we as Sport Clips start to hit momentum. Uh, it goes from one to two stores to 10 yeah. to 100. At what point did everybody look around and go, uh, oh, my gosh, we're not going to be able to contain this? Yeah. You know, it, when I look back and say it's been 25 years, I, that's almost unbelievable to me because it's just flown by. And I think anybody and everybody who's been involved in that kind of whirlwind, if you will, would probably say the same thing. Um, I, I feel like every milestone that we've hit when, you know, 100 store mm-hmm. has been one of those times when we sit back and be like, oh, wow. But you ask Gordon and he'll tell you, I never right. thought there he, would be, yeah. a, you know, we wouldn't talk. Yeah, I, he I, knew I, it. I, yeah, yeah. I, I never put a lid on it because I didn't even think that. I could say what it was because I knew it had potential. And um, looking back on it, I don't think I would have ever thought we would be where we are today. Mm-hmm. But certainly um, I'm glad we're here and I can see that we have potential to keep moving forward. When did uh, when did it make sense to start having huddles? Like when did that all transpire? Yeah, so um, I think we, you know, it was very initially small and, and not many people there. And those were effective, but they started getting a lot more effective when we got in um, past the 500. Okay. You know, I think there was found, a buzz and an yeah, energy. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, you, we're legit. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, it made it more fun. It's actually easier when you have a, a more people, when you have fewer people, it's hard well, we'll to have get. to ask Ron and Felicia yeah, yeah, if they agree with right. that part. That's true. But that's no. true. No, but I, I, I definitely can sense that. Yeah. The more people that are there. And when you take over a town and everybody's wearing the sport clips yes. gear and you see each other and you nod or you meet meet friends and um, and certainly. So uh, what about when did the, amba- uh, not the ambassador team, the artistic team, when did that start to tape? take shape we just had crystal sierras appear on the look all stars and win uh-huh. uh and uh hopefully uh, this podcast they'll voting's still going on right can yeah you still vote? yeah and if you haven't voted please okay you please can vote do. up until what uh, i think sunday is when okay they announce so the winner, this so. podcast should launch this week thursday 
um, before the uh, July, what is that, 15th uh, air date of the next one. So if you're listening to this before then, please make sure you find out. Details will be available at sportclips.com slash podcast, how to vote. So Crystal, a member of the artistic team, um, when did that all begin to take shape? And walk me through that because it's such a exciting team and what they do, not just at Huddle, but uh, around the country is pretty amazing. Yeah, believe it or not, um, there's been talks about having an artistic team for years, years. Um, Back to the Cynthia Sanchez days. I don't know if you guys remember Cynthia. She used to be our uh, director of technical education. And um, now Mary has that, Mary Carter has that position. But um, there were talks about that years ago. And it just took a while to convince people that was an avenue that we really needed to go down. And um, I I will tell you that some of that happened with the um, transition of Edward becoming a part of the Mm. team. He really saw that vision, understood the power in what an artistic team could do for Sport Clips brand and the perception that it could help elevate um, within people who had thoughts about the brand and how it could really position us as authority on men's grooming. Yep. And once we convinced him, that's really when it all started to come yeah. into play. And I would say, you know, that that now has been, our artistic team is coming off their fourth year at the end of this year. So um, it, it's been in the works for about five. And one of the things you travel, mm-hmm. I travel, mm-hmm. we go to a lot of stores, meet a lot mm-hmm. of uh, managers, assistant managers, team members, the artistic team, it, they're like on the Mount Rushmore of yeah. uh, sport, not just sport clips, but uh, stylists in general. Right. So uh, what it's, what's happened in the last four or five years with them and for them and because of them is yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I think if you asked any of these team members, they would tell you that they have grown so much by being on a, par- a part of this team. Yeah. Um, just number one, their confidence, their ability to get up in front of people, their leadership skills. One thing that we do is, um, and, and my team, is we hold them accountable for their actions, the way they look, the way they act, um, how they represent our brand. We watch very closely their social media. You know, we, we want them to be strong brand influencers. And so part of what we require from them as members of the team is to always represent the brand strong. Mm-hmm. And, and, and um, so over time, they've realized that that's only benefited them right. and made them better. They've had opportunities that many people never have in a lifetime to, you know, be featured in, in trade publications, Modern Salon, Launchpad, American Salon, uh, BehindTheChair.com, you know, just many, many opportunities. Um, I don't know if you guys have caught uh, recently, Aaron was featured on um, Hairbrained, which is the Facebook version of uh, uh, the hair industry. We will have uh, five more of those before the year's wow. up. So, and those cool. are basically Facebook Lives on Hairbrained, yep. and you know, just really helping to position Sport Clips as authority in men's grooming, and really elevated the perception because we all know that everybody in the industry, especially when you're in beauty school, your your one goal is either to own your own salon or be mm-hmm. you know on stage mm-hmm. doing education. So it's a and, great career. And what path. I love uh, about each of them as well, you you, you uh, alluded to it. Obviously, I'm. I'm pretty active on social media. Mm-hmm. Each of them 
if you follow them on, they're all positive. They're, they're not, if, even if they've had a bad day, they're not communicating it on yep. social media at all. Yep. Uh, representing the, representing the brand really well. And that's something that we actually teach in leaderships and at huddle is not just the artistic team. If you, if you wear sport clips on your badge, uh, anywhere on your uniform, be positive yeah. on social media. You're if you've had a bad day, go have a bad day at home yeah. and talk about it to your spouse, your friends, whatever. But, but don't uh, don't blast it on social media because exactly. everyone can see that and it does have an impact. Yeah. And so I love that about the artistic team and and how well they represent us. Uh, let's see. I have a couple more, and then I have. Uh, some fun questions, okay. if I may. I, I want to get back in the the time machine. We're mm-hmm. going through. Mm-hmm. You probably have over twenty five years, and especially the first couple years of managing, a ton of memories. I want maybe one favorite favorite part of managing the store, favorite story, something uh, just out of your vault. Yeah, you know, I would say that um, managing was probably one of the most um, rewarding times um, in my career because I'm I'm a person who really likes to see people grow and and the results of that and so as a manager I felt so empowered by that capability because what I was able to do and through the sport clip system because I didn't I didn't feel that I had this capability in in uh, my previous place of employment but I was given tools that enabled me to really um, work with my team members and, you know, take the, the five-point play and the standards that were put in place and and show them how the execution of that five-point play really made them better at their job and how if they execute those standards, it make them more successful, influence their paycheck and, you know, their their tips and, and their their return on their clients and all those things. And I used to get so such great joy in, you know, sitting down with someone and going over their goals initially, then coming back and looking at those goals after we created their mm-hmm. action plan and, and then really seeing the results of what that had done and just them them like thanking me and I'm like right. don't thank me you, <laughs> you did, did it. the work right? you know but yeah but no one's ever taken the time to show you know that they care and I just I never really realized how and you know truly I had never experienced that as a manager because I hadn't done it at that level and so it gave me something in my leadership bucket that that made me better today as well because it just you know it showed you how taking the time to work with individuals it's amazing what you can do with an individual, even who doubts himself. Mm-hmm. If you just take the time to show them that through proper execution, and you give them all the tools that they need. And that's what I love about sport clips. We have these great tools and this great ability yeah. to do this with our, our teams. And it's part of what we expect of our managers. And uh, it truly makes you a better person because it's not just about what you do at work. It, it plays into your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, One thing that looking back now we get out of the time machine and you're looking back and uh, you remember that part in back to the future where he goes back and uh where biff goes back and he gives his younger version the uh, this is back to the future too lame geeky stuff i'm sorry if you don't you had daughters so you might not yeah. be in the back to the future, but <laughs> gives him a magazine so he can cheat and you know learn and 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 get successful if you had to go back and give julie vargas 25 years ago, the cheat sheet 
of this is this is now because you now you know yeah this is what is going to be going to make you a tremendous success uh, and, and give you that extra little advantage what would you tell yourself you know I, I probably would have been quicker to because I was one of those that it took me a while to get buy-in I, I had to really see it. I had to really, I'm one of those people, I'm very much a visual person, so I had to see the results. I had to, mm-hmm. um, and when I when I came to Sport Clips, I had doubt initially, and it took me a while to get yeah. past that doubt. because Doubt I'm, about the brand or about just, your, just your about ability? Their, their, or? So I had been taught different different oh, ways. Okay, so you had and to unlearn. The, yeah, and they were, which is very common mm-hmm. in the industry. Mm-hmm. You learn something, you've been doing it for a while, and someone tries to change you. So as many of us experience on a daily basis, it's very hard to change people, and I was one of those people. I came to Sport Clips, set in my ways, and I was still young, so I was still very coachable and trainable, but it, I, I really needed to see things and internalize them. And I think if I had, you know, known then what I know now, yeah. I would have been quicker to jump on board okay. and move forward faster. You would I, have resisted less. Resisted yeah. less. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I say that I, I might not have gotten as much out of it. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes resistance gets yeah, you, yeah, you know, what you need to be and what you, and plus it makes you better when you have those people that resist mm-hmm. against you as well. So, uh, you know, that, that, that would probably be the one thing I would change. The other might be, um, I don't have a lot of regrets. I, I think it's all molded me into what I want to be, um. I, I like to pride myself on thinking that I made pretty good decisions yeah. over the years. Um, it's part of the journey. Yeah. Right. But I can absolutely say that I wouldn't be where I was today if it hadn't been for what I went through. Yeah. So I love that. Uh, let's see. I got a couple questions from uh, managers. <laughs> if I, you mind if I ask you some no, of those, and absolutely. then we'll wrap this up. And, and just I know it's a little. We, I try to stop at thirty minutes, but this is I think. Uh, worthwhile so uh, Samantha Scott uh, you might know her as the voice of the national anthem this yes. uh, the American national anthem this yes. year she uh, she asked she wanted me to ask this that one of the issues she runs into as a store manager is keeping everything separate so knowing where she's going and simultaneously coaching a, a, a staff who are all kind of going in their own way in their own direction. And so when she's out there picking up new talent for her stores and assessing their goals and coaching their reach her full potential, how can she remain focused on her own personal goals while still helping the store? Yeah. So kind of time management and focus all in one. So, you know, I think it's really important because when I was a manager, I was highly requested. I mean, there were times when I couldn't Mm -hmm. even take a lunch because it, which it should be that way. But with that being said, it becomes a challenge to make sure that you do get the things done that you need to get done. And um, so the only way I was really able to get that done was to schedule my time that I needed to get that done and not have it on the schedule. So if I was going to cut hair, you know, and and I knew that I was going to be cut hair from like three to close, then that's all I wrote on the schedule. Um, Just for the sake of the team knowing or, you know, 
if if Karen or Gordon or somebody walked in and needed to know when I was going to be there, I would put, you know, off floor hours and write that on the schedule so that the other people knew that. And that would be the time that I spent doing what needed to be done with, you know, focus on, on my, my personal goals and my team members' goals and coaching them. Were, and Were you strict in that if the stores there's a line out the door do you say i gotta i gotta get this schedule done or i gotta do whatever in in, in the office or do you hop out on the floor yeah yeah every manager knows that if you've got a line waiting out Mm -hmm. the door you got to do what you got to do and that means you would then hop in and and you know do some haircuts and take the weight down um that that's just that's just good floor management we all know that that's got to be what it is um, you know, but that also goes back to scheduling, making yeah. sure that you're scheduling appropriately, understanding your, your, your tools that are there to help you, uh, understand the flow of the clients and, and trying to prepare and anticipate that ahead of time so that that doesn't happen. Excellent answer. Uh, if I may ask, uh, two more, uh, Wanda Ward, she asks, she has a hard time finding applicants that if they do show up for interviews are willing to work at, you know, kind of when they need to and and try to dictate what their schedule is going to be. What are maybe one, one tip or trick that she can do to get around that challenge? Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things that, and by the way, that's always been the case. You know, I think we seem to 25 years ago. that was. Yeah. I think we seem to make that a millennial thing and, and yeah, it, it, it probably might be, kind of their their mojo but it was also there 25 years ago so it's it's been around a while but I will tell you that um today you do have to be a little more creative in your scheduling and and I use the word creative because that's exactly what it is um what what I have suggested to folks that deal with those kind of struggles is you may want to use your scheduling tool and really look at what your shifts are and try to get a a real um, understanding of what that looks like and then hire for your shifts so Mm -hmm. that you're not having to Hmm. decide who works when and what but better yet who covers what shifts and if you hire someone for a 12 to 8 30 shift then that's what they're scheduled to work. So and it, you know it going into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, if at some point that changes, then they no longer meet the the what they were hired for. So you know, you go to them, you talk to them, see if that's they're willing to change that. And if not, well, then they understand they're no longer, you know, qualified to meet the scheduling need that they were hired for. Right. So there are several ways one. you can do that, but that that is one way to look at it and okay. work it. I like it. Two more, Lisa Marie. Uh, asks, how do you help your team members get over their fear of commitment? And, uh, you know, she's got uh, a great staff, but uh, hires some people that they have uh, old salon habits yeah. over their, their previous place. Um, so is there, uh, is there a suggestion you have there? Yeah, I, I think that goes back to what I was talking about earlier about the buy-in. Mm-hmm. I, I think anytime someone comes to work for you, they really want to come to work for you and succeed. So it's not a matter of I don't want to do what you're telling me to do. It's more of I don't get why I have to do this. It's more work. It's hard. Please explain how I benefit from this. So it's the buy-in that's missing there, really helping them understand, you know, here's why we do it. Here's how you'll benefit from it. And let me show you an easy way of doing it. 
you know, and, and some yeah. best practices. And remember, unless it becomes a habit, they're not going to, they're, they're never going to get there. So right. you have to, as a manager, coach and, and reinforce positive reinforcement and continue to give them the praise that they need so that they continue that behavior and continue to see that success. And then at some point you're able to say, and, and, and don't make it a month later that you're coming back and saying, now, look, you know, you've been doing this, look at the results. You need to do it daily at the end of the day, at the end of the, you know, the, the two days, at the end of the week make sure you're showing them what that execution is doing to their bottom you know their, their numbers excellent and then one more bonus question if i can and then we'll wrap it up with a uh, quick fire fun questions the bonus question is from uh dana jordan and uh, dana asks uh, how do i help team members who are hesitant about recommending and selling products to clients great question and a very common thing we see in the industry um, number one, most stylists are that way because they're, they just have never developed a comfort level with doing it. And, um, so that, that falls back on the manager and the development of, of the team member, because it's not uncommon for people to come to you not being comfortable with that. So I, I think the biggest piece in that is to show them best practices and, and really help them understand the difference between education versus selling. This is huge. Um, if someone feels empowered by the fact that they've educated a client and helped a client understand how to maintain their look at home and what products they can use to do that. It's not about the sale. What it's about is making sure that a client understands that the way he walked out of the door today was due to the products that you used in his hair and the way that you shaped his hair once you put that product in there and teaching him how to do all those things, not just you doing it, but literally letting him put the product in his hand, working it through his hair, tell him how much to use, making sure he understands the techniques he should use to get that same look at home, and then letting him leave there understanding what you did, what you used, and then the decision to buy becomes his, yeah. not yours, because you did your job. Mm -hmm. I can 100% vouch for my last haircut in St. Louis. Uh, shout out to Felicia. Uh, she used sexy hair and asked first asked how I liked it style and it's had a kind of dry look yeah. and so she used sexy and style and didn't even give me a hard sell like this cost twenty dollars yeah. um just told me what it was and when I went to check out I went and grabbed it just naturally yeah. not because I felt like I needed to to impress anybody um, because I felt whoa this is this looks great and I want what use, I want I, I want it every day and so I'm hooked on it I think that's the key because a lot yeah. of them people people will tell you that no one ever made that recommendation to them right. and once they did they're sold on it yep that's that's uh, that is I love that yeah uh, okay five five questions it won't take more than one minute okay I'll get you out of here. I usually ask 10, but I okay. know we're going to do another podcast with you this okay. year. So these are the first five. And uh, the catch is I cannot ask follow-up questions to these. Okay. All right? Okay. All right. Number one, which superpower would you most like to have? Oh, wow. I think fly. Flying. Okay. What is your personal motto? Oh, wow. That's a good, that's a good question. Um. I actually posted something on my uh, Facebook page the other day about your uh, your business card is actually your um, the way you your brand and the way that you tend to put yourself out there and how people perceive you and um, you know 
I keep I in mind. Is yeah. it like your personality is yeah. your business card yeah. or something your like personality that? Personality yeah. and, and how people perceive you is yeah. so much uh, very much and that's kind of the motto I live by. You know, you, you are what right. people see. Yeah. Uh, number three, other than where you live now, where else in the world would you most like to live? Hawaii. Ooh. You got it. Have you been to any of the I stores have. in Hawaii? Oh, I have been awesome. to stores in Hawaii. Uh, number four, who is a celebrity you would most like to meet one day? And you've met a lot. We haven't even covered all of them, but. A celebrity I would most like to meet someday. Um, Arnold's probably listening. So George Clooney and those guys, you might want to leave out. (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, wow. That's a really good question. Um, maybe somebody like, um, Julie, you're going to blow this. Come on, think think through this. Because they're going to get tagged in this uh, podcast. No, I know, I know. So you might get an opportunity to meet them. You know what? I, Maybe Ellen DeGeneres. Uh-huh. I love her. Ellen, okay. I love her. We will definitely tag she Ellen in this podcast. She is like the funniest. She makes me laugh on any given day, and I love her. Oh, I could see the artistic team yeah. on uh-huh. Ellen's show. There okay. you go. Love, love it. it. Uh, last one, and then I'll let you go. Which words or phrases do you most often overuse? Oh, my gosh. Amazing. I'm always like, that's amazing. Wow, that. Guys, that was amazing. Well, this podcast has been amazing. You are amazing and will continue to be. So thank you for joining us. Well, I've had uh, I've had Julie Vargas on here with us, the Sport Clips Hall of Fame podcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, Julie. Bye, guys.